Good morning, church. My name is Enoch, and uh, Paul asked me to read a psalm with you this morning. So if we could all please stand. We're going to read Psalm 100 out of the New Living Translation. And uh, I grew up going to church, so I know if you read something once, it just kind of like rolls off your brain. But if you read it twice, maybe something might happen. So we're going to read it through once and then again. So a psalm of thanksgiving, verse 1. Please read with me, sorry. Shout with joy to the Lord, Lord, all the earth. earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him, him singing with joy. Acknowledge that the Lord is God. He made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name, for the Lord is good. It ever and his faithfulness continues to each generation excuse me i don't have the new living translation so i'm actually reading it out from my phone because that has a translation i didn't see there was more to the verse but one of the things uh in james 5 that we're going to be reading today it says uh, let those that are happy sing praises and i just wanted to take a, a, a second here to read it again and to identify just let the spirit lead you but in your own mind ask the lord what what is it in this psalm that I can identify with, that I can praise you for this past year and going into the new year. Just something to think about. So take a moment and just ask the Lord that. What, mm-hmm. what, what he'd like to say to you from this psalm and then we'll read it again. All right, let's read verse one. Shout with joy, joy to, to the, the Lord, Lord all, all the earth. earth. Worship, Worship the, the Lord, Lord with gladness. gladness. Come before, before him, him singing with joy. joy. Acknowledge that that the Lord Lord is God. God. He made us, us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good. His unfailing love continues forever, and his faithfulness continues to each generation. Amen. Thank you, Enoch. You may be seated. Good morning, church. Good morning, Wilshire Live. I don't know where the markers are here, so I'll try to just stay tame and not, and not move around much. Uh, I am very honored and humbled to, to be asked to share uh, with you this morning, and prayer is something that really truly is near and dear to my heart. But before I get started, I wanted to share a couple of fun facts about me that maybe you don't know. As you can see, I'm wearing pants. I get, I get asked that question a lot. A couple weeks ago when uh, Rob had mentioned about today, I was with Adam in Wilshire Live and we were leaning against the back wall and I looked over at Adam and I said, what do you think, Adam? And I looked down at my shorts and I said, you think I could could pull it off and he goes dad no I said okay 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 so I had to get some pants my pants are actually new I actually had to buy these pants Uh, (laughs) second uh, fact about me when I was I don't remember the exact age but back in my real early 20s might have been 19 or 20 my one of my best friends got a video camera loved video 
Uh, we were what reality TV would be today. We videoed everything that we did, whether we were riding motocross, we set up fake, do fake music videos. And uh, he got asked by a cable channel to, to film an event for a Channel 53 of Whittier. And he called me up on a Friday and said, hey, I, hey, I, I need help. You want to help me? And I said, sure. What do you need me to do? Pull the cords and things around? He's like, no, 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 no. He goes, they want me to shoot the event and it's at the Whitwood Mall at, at the JCPenney store, but I need somebody to host it. I go, what do you mean host it? He goes, I need somebody to go around to the booth. So I got to host this show and, and we called it Paul Allen on the town. And my middle name is Allen. And we did that because my last name, Paul Pinal, would be too hard. Two episodes and they cut us, but it wasn't because we were bad. There's, there's a backstory to that, but it was, it was fun. Uh, third thing I will share with you is I met my wife at her college graduation uh, party. I had met a gal that went to the same school at a spring break in Palm Springs, and she called me out of the blue on a Friday and just said, hey, we're having a party. You want to bring some friends and come? I said, sure. And she introduced me to Lisa, and we have been married for 24 years, but we have been together for six years. I mean, six years prior to that, so 30 years we've known each other. <laughs> and she is truly an answer to prayer, and she has truly been a blessing in my life. Uh, there's been so many times in my life to where she has believed in, in, in who I was before I even believed in that. And, and, and I love her for that. So with that, I'm gonna to continue to move on. Those are the fun facts I thought you guys would kind of enjoy. One of the other things uh, you may know or may not know about me is I believe passionately in prayer and the power of prayer and the effectiveness of it. I truly believe that I am standing here today because of prayer and prayers from you especially. I also believe that each of you are here today because somebody prayed for you at some time in your life. Now, this could be the very first time you walked in here and I believe that was that somebody prayed you or this could have been early on in your life as, as your parents or whoever in your family prayed when you met Jesus. But you're here because I believe prayer opens heavens in ways we don't really understand on this side. One of the things that frustrates me a little bit is that prayer can really truly be misunderstood or not tapped into. And, and I don't really know why that is, but I hope today as we go through James's message that we can see that the power of prayer isn't just for what we read in the Bible in the Old Testament or, or Elijah or on the mission field when we're in Guatemala, but the power of prayer is for each and every one of us. And, and I hope that you look at prayer in a different way when we get through, when we get through James. So let's turn in our Bibles to James 5.13 through 18. I'm going to read. The title of my message is, Prayer is Powerful and It Brings Change and There is Hope in Prayer. So I'm going to read. Are any of you suffering hardships? you should pray. Are any of you happy? You should sing praises. And that's what we just, what Enoch just did for us. Are any of you sick? You should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick and the Lord will make you well. 
And if you have committed any sins, you will be forgiven. Confess your sins to each other. Pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Elijah was as human as we are. And yet when he prayed earnestly, there was no rain. No rain would fall. None fell for three and a half years. Then when he prayed again, the sky sent down rain and the earth began to yield its crops. I love the book of James. I've read it a lot, but there's a lot of things that God always reveals to me as I go through it. I want to focus on three verses. The first verse being verse 14. Are any of you sick? You should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. The part that I want to focus on that really stands out to me is you will be healed. And I'm not sure why as a a church we really don't do this more often. I don't know if it's because we think it's silly. But the key here is, is that God is telling us that if any of us are sick, that there's power in prayer because we should be praying for each other. So my question for you is, is who does God want to heal through you? Because when I first read through these scriptures, I think of me in a sense. You know, I always put myself in that. And that's true. That's exactly what it is. But it's also who does God want to touch through the power of prayer through each of you? It's not just for us. That's how God changes people's lives. And that is the the power in prayer, not only the way he heals us, but he wants to use you to heal somebody else's life. So think about who you might have in mind. We know that there are people all around us broken and hurting everywhere we go, whether it's in our family, whether we're standing in a grocery store line, somebody shares a story. I, I get stories all the time. My job takes me out into the public all over the city and people want to share their hurts. Each of you have that power of prayer to help heal if we allow God to work through us and if we're actually, I think, paying attention. The next scripture is verse 16. Confess your sins to one another so that you may be healed. A little bit farther down, I'm going to talk about a prayer partner, but I'm not going to go there right now. But this is really powerful too. And again, I'm going to focus a little bit on the healed part and how the Lord speaks to me with that. Because it's obvious, confess your sins to one another or confess your sins to God. We know we're forgiven. Confess your sins and you will be healed. The part that really sticks out to me about the healed is yes at that moment you may be forgiven for what you might have sinned in but the healed part goes could go back 10 or 15 years because what you're struggling with in your life could have been something that happened to you 15 years ago that you are still broken 
what this is telling me that if we can confess our sins to one another, God is going to heal and restore those parts of our lives that were broken along the way and however that has happened. That's huge to me when I read that, that we will be healed. Am I really hearing that I'm going to be healed? It's one thing to say I'm forgiven, but he's saying he's going to restore me, which means he's going to continue to walk me through. And I don't really know the whole process of sanctification, but I believe it's all part of that. And that's something that we need to be excited about. Because that means that we don't have to do some of those things that we do. That we actually have a choice now because we truly are a new creation that God is going to heal us. So who, who in your life that the power of prayer that you know, I want you to ask yourself that question, could change them forever? Who comes to mind in your life? All of you, whether it's your job or what you do, are surrounded by broken and hurting people that need this same message. Verse 17, the earnest prayer. Elijah was as human as we are, yet he prayed no rain for three and a half years. I love this scripture and actually... The part that I love more than anything, and trust me, I'm not claiming to be any kind of an expert on prayer whatsoever at all, not even close. I ask these questions a million times over to myself, but as human as we are, that excites me. I mean, that just fires me up. That means that's me. It says when he prayed, rain stopped for three and a half years. When he prayed, I'm sorry, I'm talking fast now. When he prayed, it stopped for three and a half years. When God told him to pray again, he prayed and rain came. And he is as human as you and he's as human as me. That means that prayer is powerful. I mean, that's what I get out of that. That's huge. How did he do it? I don't, I don't know. I don't know how that part works. But here's the part. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. What stands out to you in that scripture? righteous why does that stand out to me because in God's eyes we are righteous aren't we doesn't he say that we are righteous when we become part of his kingdom that means that you are the righteous person so you could take out righteous and you could say the earnest prayer of Don Patterson has great power and produces wonderful results and that is true because Don prays earnestly and Joyce prayed earnestly for me from the time that we stepped foot into this church. And my life, my son's life, and my wife's life have been changed. There is power in prayer. The question is, do you believe that you are righteous or do you believe that's only for Elijah? Because what this scripture is telling me that this is for you is as much as it was for him and it's for today, not for back then. And these are the things that we need to get excited about. I want to share a story about a customer of mine, a lady by the name of Junie. I had been to, we had done a project at her house probably seven years prior. She called us up, was having me come out. I don't know what I was going out to look at. It was just a normal day. I got out to her house and she took me in, just a sweetheart of a lady. She was actually on the phone when I got there. I remember standing outside knocking and, oh, okay, I'm coming. And uh, she lets me in. She takes me through the house. She takes me into the backyard. 
and she starts to share a little bit. And we had built a patio cover for her, I remember. Gosh, this is the biggest patio cover we had ever built. And it was out of an aluminum wood. That's another story, but it was just huge. So we were in the backyard. And she shared with me that recently her husband had passed away. And I remember he was on that patio porch the last time I had been there. And I was like, oh, and she was sharing that there was things that they had talked about that needed to get done. There was repairs on the house. I'm sure some of you can relate with this, that they had had planned to do, but he had gotten sick and she had been taking care of him for the last two years and never got around to it. So she had me out. She wanted to show me some things. She had some concerns about water. And uh, right as soon as I heard her say that her husband passed away, I heard the Holy Spirit say, Paul, you need to pray for her. And I was like, ooh, gosh. Kind of made me a little, I'm like, come on, Lord. So I started having this little, really? She's got all kinds of friends. There's probably plenty of people praying for her. So she continues to talk. We continue to walk. We're on the patio. Okay, maybe when we get inside. So we step inside the house. She continues to share with me. I hear the spirit again say, Paul, I really want you to pray for her. Look, I'm running out of time, Lord. You don't understand. I got another appointment to go on to. I have two other stops to make here. I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to have enough time. So a little more small talk. We make our way through the kitchen. We're standing in the kitchen now. And uh, I don't do it. I'm thinking, okay, I got a few seconds left. Boom. We, now she's walking me through the garage. She's kind of like, it's over. The estimate's over. We're talking, okay, so you're going to get back to me? Are you going to email me? And now I'm standing in the driveway and I hear the Spirit say again, Paul, you, I want you to pray for her. I'm like, we're in the driveway. I go, look, I'll pray for her in the car. I promise, Lord. When I get back to the office, I'll send her a card. I'll pray for her in the car. Look, I'm standing out here in the middle of nowhere. It doesn't look good. It doesn't look good. We say goodbyes. I jump in the car or my truck. I drive away. Two other stops. I do my little GPS. I'm driving towards La Palma because I'm heading towards the 91 freeway. I'm at least three quarters of a mile and I'm like, I can't believe this. And all I can hear is God is, I really wanted you to pray for her. I go, I, I'm not going back. Oh, you're going back. <laughs> I'm going back, aren't I? I turn my truck around. I go, I'm not GPSing anything back in. I'm just going to try to remember how I got there. Left, right, left, course. Got me right to her street. I remembered her garage was open. I said, Lord, and it was a cul-de-sac she lived in. I said, if the garage door is closed, that's the sign that you took care of it. I can circle right around and I'm getting out of here. I pull around the corner and the garage door is wide open. Oh gosh, here we go. I go, I can't believe I'm going back. I already felt silly doing this the first time. And now I drove all the way away and I'm driving back. I can't believe I'm doing this. I pull right in her driveway. I get out, I start walking up. I go, should I go through the garage? Should I go through the front door? I'm gonna go through the garage. She had a screen door in her garage. So some of you know people that have screen doors in their garage because they get some ventilation, I guess. You don't see it a lot, but. So I go up to the screen door and I yell out, Junie? She's like, Paul, is that you? Yeah, can I come in? Sure, come on in, come on in. I walk in. She's standing at her little counter. I go, Junie? I go, this is going to sound really dumb, but the Lord told me to pray for you. And she goes, oh my gosh, please, would you? And I said, okay. And I walked up to her and I put my hand on her shoulder and I prayed for her. And afterwards, I stepped back and I looked at her. And when she looked up at me, there was tears rolling down her face. And she said, you have no idea 
that that was an answer to prayer. And I was like, she said, since my husband died, Paul, I have been so anxious and so nervous. He did so much here. I feel so overwhelmed that I have been crying out to God and asking him, is he really gonna take care of me? Am I really gonna be okay? Am I really gonna be able to get through this? Lord, please show me a sign, show me a sign. And it was nothing. I felt like he wasn't hearing a word. She goes, you answered that prayer. Thank you so much. You have no idea. We walked out and we said our goodbyes. I hugged her. And I got to my truck and I was like, oh my gosh, Lord, okay, 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 okay. I promise next time I will take myself, my pride, whatever it is, my fears and step aside, Lord, and let you do what you do. Because that, my friends, is the power in prayer. And God has people like that around us every single day that he wants to touch. And he needs to use you and he needs to use me. And I, I don't always go back. But I make it a point that when he and when I hear that to not obey, I obey him is what I'm trying to say. And I do do it. It's regardless of the fear. Sometimes we need to step outside of our comfort zone to allow God to work through us. And that's what it takes. Because it isn't about us. It's about God touching and changing people's lives and changing hearts. He has an amazing story that he wrote for each of your lives and he holds the key to that. And it's an adventure and it's been, it's been wild since I've been here at Wilshire. Some of the things I'd never believe him and he has that for you. And that is the power of prayer. I truly believe that. I once heard a pastor say, and because of all my driving around, I get a lot of radio time. So I get a lot of different sermons and things. I once heard a pastor say that if you have one friend in your life that you can bear your soul to, that won't judge you, that won't post it on Facebook, that won't post your information on Instagram, you are a blessed man. And I thought, wow. Because from my perception and the way I... I lived a greater part of my life. I always thought everybody had tons of friends and I didn't really have any friends. I was like, wow, there's hope for me. I have one friend. <laughs> you know, unlike Enoch Yowsling here, who you could jog down the street here at seven o'clock in the morning and this is gonna sound like it was a long time ago and somebody walks out in their bathrobe to grab a newspaper and then glances up and we're jogging across the street. Hey, Mr. Enoch. I'm like, geez, how do you know the entire city here? So I thought everybody had that many friends. But I, so I was like, wow, that made me actually feel really good because I have one and I'm, gonna, I'm going back to where I said I was going to talk about the prayer partner. Enoch is my prayer partner. That is an answer to prayer. But he is a man who I can bear my soul to, who I love so dearly, who has invited me into his life, let alone his, his family with his children. And it has blessed my life, my son's life, and Lisa in ways that he never believes that it does, but it has been the greatest blessing of my life because each of us need a prayer partner. And if you don't have one, I really want to encourage you to begin praying because God knows who it is. And it's not gonna be easy and you can make a lot of excuses of why you don't have one. And again, you can use fear or whatever to not want to step out, but it's so important because of what that scripture says, that you will be healed. And 
and I don't want to say as, as a married couple that your wife can't be your prayer partner because I think she should be your prayer partner. I think that needs to be modeled at home and that is so important for your family. Your kids need to see it all through their lives that you go to prayer and you ask God for everything because I believe prayer should be a part of every aspect of our lives. But there is some things I think for men and for women that I need a man for my prayer partner. There's some things that maybe I need to bear my soul to him that maybe wouldn't be wise for me to burden or maybe cause my wife anxiety. And that's why I'm just focusing on saying uh, man to man, woman to woman. It's not that I don't want to go down that, that road as far as that part goes. But it's, but it's, very, it's very important. So I would really like to encourage you that if you don't have one, I'm just gonna say that you really should begin to pray for one uh, because you need that in your life because we need to be healed and we need to be able to walk and do and follow God's instructions. And for some of you, that might, uh, might look really scary. For some of you sitting here today, uh, you might've been hurt in the past. So maybe it's not real easy for you to reach out and, uh, because you're afraid to be hurt again. Maybe some of you have been hurt by people that were the closest people to you ever. And at a point in time in your life, you decided that you were gonna draw a line in the sand and, and you, and I actually call it a curse, but you said, I will never allow anybody to ever hurt me like that again. If that's you, I wanna tell you that there's hope because that was me before I stepped onto this campus at Wilshire. I'd figured out how to live a life which you could call living on an island. It might've looked good and normal to you on the outside, but I had been hurt so many times I wasn't gonna put myself out there again. And one of the hardest things I did was stepping onto this campus because I didn't believe. And one of the greatest things that happened to me was all of you because it was the power of prayer that I truly believe that gave us the courage to step onto this campus. And it truly was the loving kindness of Christ in each of your lives that changed me it gave me the ability to believe that there really truly was a purpose in my life and that people really truly can be good and that my life did matter and your life matters too. And God wants to use each and every single one of you because he changes the world with how he changes you. He's been changing my heart since I got here and it's been absolutely amazing and it hasn't been easy. But here's the, here's, the, the, here's the hardest part is that you're gonna have to step outside of your comfort zone. You're gonna have to do things that are very, very uncomfortable again. But I know in my heart, I wanted to believe that this was real. And I know because of my past experiences, I didn't believe it at all. And I didn't see much of it as a young kid growing up. So it was very hard to believe. My first experience was I thought you guys were all actors and this was just fake. People can't really like each other that much. <laughs> so it was exciting. So I just want to encourage you 
that if you are where I was in any of those places, that you are going to have to step out of your comfort zone. And one of the ways you can do that is truly in a life group. And I'll tell you, I did not want to go to a life group. Me and my wife, we talked about it. Woo! Go to a, sign up for a stranger's house where nobody knows me, where when I go in, they close the door and I'm picturing the door's locked. And then I sit on a couch and I'm trapped for an hour where people can ask me a bunch of questions about my life. No way, I'm not going there. So I get it. I get it. If, if you don't want any part of that, I totally understand it. And, and I don't think I was offered anything else. So I think that's how I got snuck into the life group. Because I would have done something else first. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to recommend if a life group is too much and it does seem a little too scary. And I absolutely understand that. There's other ways to serve around here to get to know people. There's a lot of things that you can involve yourself in. And even if it's just helping us. We, uh, I helped set up Wilshire Live uh, at 9 o'clock. You can help set up chairs. You can help out on the plaza with coffee. You can take baby steps. But the truth is I, I'm here as a testimony to tell you that it is real and that, and that everybody here truly, truly does love you even if they don't know you and they can say that by the power of the Holy Spirit that lives in them. So my hope and prayer today is not knowing where anybody was uh, about prayer is that you really truly believe that there is power and change in prayer and that God wants to use each and every one of you. And I hope you do this past week begin to think about the people in your lives that you see all the time that you have an opportunity to really listen to God speak to you and see how he wants to touch them the way he touched you because he wants to use you. God holds the key to your future. I mean, the Bible says that God planned our lives out before the foundations of the world. He's holding the key, but you're going to have to open the door. Let's close in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much, Lord Jesus, for your word, for your direction. I thank you for each person here today, God. I pray, I thank you, Lord, how they're created in your image, that they are a child of a king, they are a son and daughter, Lord, that they are invited to your table and that you are crazy in love with them. I pray, Lord, that they understand that the power of prayer, Lord Jesus, in a righteous man is them. That's who they are. That's who you call them, Lord. That you've planned their life for them, Lord, before the foundations of the world and there's a crazy adventure out there, Lord, with you steering the boat. And I just pray, God, that all of us and each of us here will remember, Lord, uh, that you are in charge, God, that we will be willing to step off the shore and into the deep end, Lord Jesus, to experience your love, your healing, your restoration, and to be able to share this with the people around us. I thank you, Father, for your loving kindness because it is what changed my heart. I pray your special blessing over each and every person here today, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.